0: Jane Bettle, and my goal is to share a perspective on conflict that is both practical and positive. My guest today is Patty Porter. For nearly 30 years, Patty has helped people get better at handling conflict through her work as a coach, trainer, academic, and in other roles. And her podcast, The Texas Conflict Coach, shared some of her wisdom. In the last few years, Patty has become a student and practitioner of Verbal Aikido. She shares with us its three steps, in theory and in practice. Hello, Patty, and thank you for joining me on the show today.
1: Well, you're welcome. I'm glad to be here.
0: It's delightful to talk with you, and there are so many things that we could talk about. I am grateful that you identified a specific thing that will be quite interesting. Before we get to that, tell us a bit about your professional life and what you're doing these
1: days. Well, thank you. Um, My professional life... I started in the conflict resolution field in 1993, so going on just about 29 years in in the field. When people ask me why conflict resolution or conflict management, I usually tell them the first thing is I grew up in a very high conflict family. Mm -hmm. And so when I became a young adult, I said, I really want to get into the helping profession. And initially, I started down the path of getting my Well, my master's in social work and a license as a clinical social worker, because at the time back in the early 90s, you couldn't really get readily get a master's or a Ph.D. necessarily in dispute resolution. Right. And uh, and so literally one day I was volunteering and uh, we had a nonprofit group who had a presenter who was speaking on the topic of peer mediation. And we were literally sitting in a church because we could get a free room at the church And if he's talking about mediation and conflict in the schools, I tell people I was literally sitting there in the church and like this light beamed down on me. And I could hear this voice that says, this is what you're supposed to be doing. Wow. (laughs) And it was so clear in my mind and it gave me goosebumps that I thought, oh, my goodness, this is what I'm supposed to be doing to helping people in conflict. And from that day on, I started to volunteer for this woman as I continued my, my, was giving me my undergraduate degree at the time, my very 13 year long undergraduate degree. (laughs) And then I still went for my master's, but everything I did, whether it was studying or research or writing papers or volunteering was all about dispute resolution and conflict management. And so that's how I started my journey. And it's getting close to 29 full years in the field. Wow. That's a long time. And fabulous. It is a long time. Now, in terms of what I'm doing today, today, most of my work in dispute resolution, which is all in the workplace organization, is either coaching. I do a lot of executive leadership coaching, but almost all the executive leadership coaching has a spin to conflict. Sometimes it's specific to conflict coaching. Others it's around abrasive behavior coaching, which is another specialty area. I do a great deal of training in conflict, conflict management, crucial conversations, emotional intelligence, all those areas that tie together. And I still do quite a bit of workplace facilitation and mediation. I, I no longer do EEO mediation as of last year, uh, but I still do a great deal of group facilitation, group conflict, team conflict. So that's what I'm currently busy doing. Very busy indeed. So, I want to ask you
0: why you decided not all that long ago to take on something new to learn. And then you can tell us about what you decided to learn.
1: Okay. It was actually about four years ago that I wanted to pursue verbal Aikido. And it's some people might have heard the art of verbal self defense. It's very similar to that. Verbal Aikido is a way of how do I move a potentially escalating conflict that happens in a matter of seconds into a conversation? And interestingly, Luke Archer had been a guest on my podcast show, The Texas Conflict Coach. Back when I was doing The Texas Conflict Coach for almost nine years, we ended in 2017, that nine year running podcast show. And so I followed up with Lee Archer and said, you know, I really want to learn verbal Aikido. And I read his book and then he happened to uh, come in from, he lives in Lyon, France. He had written a verbal Aikido book and he was coming into Texas to Sam Houston state university where he had already been teaching verbal Aikido to that school and working with the Dean very closely for two or three years Fire. So, they invited me down to take the week long course. And then I also got to speak as part of Conflict Resolution Week during that week. And from that day, I started practicing on a regular basis, verbal Aikido. So, I guess the question then becomes well, what exactly is verbal Aikido? The reason I started verbal Aikido is when someone attacks you, now, I don't mean like a physical attack, a verbal attack, it could be a Criticism that came out of the blue. It could be someone that doubted you. It could be someone that's blaming you or calling you names. But any kind of perceived verbal psychological attack, I and mean, one that usually comes kind of out of the blue. You're not expecting it. Okay. We know this in the field, right? We tend to, as, as human beings, to get defensive and fight back real quickly. Uh, we tend to just shut down and walk away. Sometimes we just breathe like the deer in the headlights, like I don't even know what to do with what they just said. And who knows? Sometimes we, if we're really, really skilled, we might open it up or can you tell me where that came from? And so we often haven't practiced that gut punch in the moment. Like how do you deescalate this in 90 seconds? Yes. And so the reason I took this is even as a conflict management and resolution practitioner in helping others in conflict, we also have to practice what we preach in our own conflict, right? We've got to walk the talk. And and I did that pretty well, but there were definitely situations, especially with my husband of 30 years, we just okay. celebrated our 30th wedding anniversary in October, been together 35 years and we have a really good solid relationship but there are things that i would say or things he would say that would be a very hypersensitive trigger for me and it would get to the point where he would say something like i don't remember oh i don't remember that conversation how many of your audience members can relate to that (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) and you're saying i don't remember be like, oh, you're not listening to me?
0: <laughs> yes, it's hard to know where you go from there. You weren't listening to me. You don't remember what I say to you. There are just no good answers down that path, are there?
1: Exactly. And so there were two or three triggers, two, two or three different triggers. It, w- it would really initiate this gut reaction. You don't value what I have to say. That would just make me so upset. And my typical, what I grew up learning to be an conflict avoider and people who know me from the Texas conflict coach know I'm a recovering conflict avoider but okay. we also swing the pendulum to the other side when we're learning how to manage right ourselves and our emotions and our triggers and conflict but for the longest time I also swing uh, swung the pendulum to the opposite side which was very quite aggressive defensive right and then I re- then I had to learn, OK, there's a balance between totally conflict avoidant and then totally being aggressive or defensive or in fighting mode. And so I got pretty good with that balance. But again, I was very susceptible human, humans just like anybody else. And so these three particular triggers, and I don't remember. I don't care. And the other was, I don't know. Mm, OK, <laughs> right. Where do you want to go to dinner? I don't know. What time is it? I don't know. You know, so it could be it could be any question, in the the first response is I don't know, or you know, what color do you want the bedroom? I don't care. Uh, it could be any question. It would be Alyssa. I don't know. I don't care. Or I don't remember. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so those were my three triggers, and so then it was just like we need to figure out a more constructive response to my husband in these trigger moments you know I I teach people around conflict management and emotional intelligence I work with people in mediation and facilitation I'm super calm and centered and balanced but these were my Achilles heel these three triggers I had such a narrative around these three triggers that it became so hypersensitive so I remember one time when my husband finally said, you know, again, we've been together a long time and, and this, this was maybe four or five years ago and he would say, I don't remember one more time. And I finally like, I just lost it. So I knew for myself, I was like, how do I, instead of reacting, respond in these moments on these repetitive triggers that I know to be a repetitive trigger he's not going to change saying those things necessarily I need to change how I want to show up and respond in these moments and I wasn't responding in the way that I wanted to respond right and and so that's when I went back to Luke Archer's Verbal Aikido and said I really need to understand more deeply what this is and how this can help me in that moment where it just takes a triggering moment, the flick of a a match that can turn something into a blazing fire in moments. And how do I do that? And so that started my four-year journey on learning how to be a verbal Aikido practitioner. I've been working on my level 1.3 level of skill. And then I practice on the dojo, what they call a dojo mat. And I practice virtually and virtually on a dojo mat with other people from France and London and Germany and and the U.S. and we practice verbal attacks. We bring in our real scenarios and we practice those verbal attacks and we practice those skills around those verbal Uh attacks. And so that's where it really comes in is you've got to practice and really know how to do that. So when these things happen in real time, you go into that mode of, okay, I know what to do. So there you go.
0: Patty, that makes so much sense to me that it's not an automatic. I read the book and now I know exactly how to do it. That doesn't make any sense. But the idea of practicing and getting better at what sounds like a specific skill set is the answer here.
1: It is a skill set. And like any skill requires quite a bit of practice. There's three steps and they're they're very simple, but to Practice them in a way when it happens in the moment, when you're not expecting an attack to happen.
0: So here we are in this very calm situation where we're just having a conversation, easy for us to go through the three steps, a little different in a moment of tension. Mm -hmm. So tell us in in our easy moment how the three steps work out.
1: So the three steps is first, how do you... It's really about focusing on you, which is really how do I get centered and stabilized very quickly, seconds in that moment that I've been triggered. Uh, The second step then is how do I give space between the trigger and what I want to say or do? And that means I'm focusing on the other person. I'm in listening mode. Okay. So that I give space to myself to center and to collect myself so that I'm in true listening mode to that person before I respond? And then the third is, how do we focus on us? In other words, how do we harmonize and de-escalate before things even escalate, you know, beyond the 90 seconds or two minutes? How How do we harmonize together about where we go from what just happened in that very quick interaction? All right. How
0: would that sound in practice? What would be an example of the way someone would try to do those three steps?
1: So I'll use the example of my husband when he says, I don't remember. So the first thing when I hear a trigger, the first thing I do, it, for most of us, we might feel like there's a gut punch to the stomach, or maybe you grab your chest and you're like, ooh, ooh. Right. And so for me, it becomes uh, two things. One, I take a pause and a breath, you know, and it could be an audible breath. like, And then inside my head, I have created several phrases, but one of the phrases I've created is called safely grounded. Okay. so this first step is about centering my body and my mind and stabilizing, almost feeling like I'm stable in my body. Like it's, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm safely grounded. So that's my phrase. So, one of the things I have to do to practice that and to be ready in the moment is I have to practice on a regular basis, daily basis, if if at all possible, mindfulness and centering. Okay. So, breathing exercises, mindfulness meditation. And then I'm always practicing my safely grounded meditation. So that I remember the phrase that I'm going to use so that in the moment I'm triggered, I automatically say to myself, you're safely grounded, which then reminds me you're okay. You're centered. Take a couple of deep breaths. Great. And then it triggers my mind to then say, let's just go into the next step, which is let's focus on what is it that prompted this person to say what they did. So I want to be curious and listen all in this moment. I want to understand where you're coming from instead of seeing you as the enemy or seeing you as a bad person or, you know, how terrible you said what you said. It's just like, I, I need to listen and understand what they come from. So another technique, one of the techniques, and there's many techniques in step number two is um, it could be as simple as saying, Can you say more.
0: Very basic. And, and that who could be offended by having you say that?
1: Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. You just give them space to say more, or could you say more about what you mean by that? Or what would you like me to say as part of the conversation from this morning? So if we had an important conversation, he says, I don't remember. And I take a deep breath, safely grounded. My strategy could be, instead of getting to say, would you like me to share some highlights from our conversation this morning? Okay. Mm-hmm. Versus taking it personally or going into my inside narrative that says, "Yes, he's not listening to me again. He doesn't yeah. care. He doesn't value. Instead, I'm like, would you like me to highlight that? And he might say, yeah, sure. Uh, and then I just like move on to hear some of the highlights that we talked about. So that could be a technique. A technique could be, he could say, I don't remember. And I could say, you know, there might be some truth to that. Would you like me to highlight? Now you have to watch your attitude, you have to watch your tone. Yeah, there's some truth to that. Huh? <laughs> you, know, you don't want to <laughs> yes. use like,
0: that sarcasm.
1: Right. Yes. You learn a lot of different techniques that are very simple techniques depending on what the kind of attack is. Again, whether it's a blaming, a criticism, a doubt, you know, there's different kinds. And so there's different techniques. It could even just be, let's say they went on a rant and I don't remember. And you always go on and on. And let's say that he had said a lot. I could have said, could you just for, for you, what is the most important thing you want me to understand right now? If they said a lot and you're like, bring it down to a nugget. Right. Tell me the essence of what is most important to you right now. So that's if somebody's going on versus the one Mm -hmm. trigger. Mm -hmm. So lots of different techniques. The third technique, which is then the focusing on us. So I don't remember. Breathe. Safely grounded. Would you like me to highlight some of the things from the this morning conversation? If he says yes, then I might highlight very quickly. And then he might say, Oh yeah, I remember now. And then I might say to focus on us. So in the future, when we have these really important conversations, what would you prefer that I do or that we do? So that helps you remember, especially these really important conversations. So it's a, what would you prefer? Conversation. Okay. So it's like, what could we do together? Now it has to be something that you're willing to do. So it's not about you being passive no. or giving in no. or being walked on. So that's just one technique, which is in the future, as we move into the future, what could we do so that this doesn't happen again? Or what would you prefer I do differently so that it helps you to remember? Or, right, so there's different techniques there as well. So it's me. You and us. Those are the three
0: steps. Patty, it's sounding very collaborative at this point.
1: Yes, that's the idea
0: mm-hmm. that we need to work together because it is a relationship we care about. This is not a one off with a used car salesperson. This is, no, we really want to have a good relationship. How do we work at this better?
1: Mm-hmm. Because it's so easy to attack that. Right. Or shut down and or blame and criticize back. He could have said, well, you don't remember half the things I tell you either. And then it just, you know, it escalates very quickly, even if he was the attacker and he's not intending to attack.
0: That's very important. I wanted to ask you about that idea that what I understood about what little I know about this is it is very much about my perception of what's coming toward me. Someone could level criticism that's completely valid. I don't like it. It wasn't meant to be mean and it wasn't delivered in a mean way. But nonetheless, it is something that causes me discomfort or emotional pain.
1: Absolutely. He had no intention and didn't even deliver the message in any kind of sarcastic mean way. So you're absolutely right in what you just heard. It's my perception and the weight Mm -hmm. that I put and the meaning that I put on those phrases.
0: That's so important, I think, in that sometimes we believe, oh, whenever I'm upset by something, triggered by something, having a difficult conversation, there has to be blame assessed. And I'm going to assign it to that other person. Thank you. They said something that was not true, that was unkind, that was delivered in a lousy way, one of those sorts of things. But that is not necessarily
1: so. That's exactly right. Uh, hmm. A lot of times it's not now, now sometimes they are intentional right <laughs> right. To hurt, maybe they feel hurt. right and So they' now want something that hurts us and it could be. but a lot of times, I don't think it's intended by a lot of people yeah. to hurt someone. They're just hurting themselves. Yeah. Now in this case, it wasn't because he was hurting. it was just like he really didn't remember.
0: Talk to us a little bit about the idea, which I think is an aspect, an important aspect of this, allowing the other person to save face.
1: Aikido itself, the physical form of Aikido, it was Masugatsu agatsu was the Japanese sensei who created Aikido. And Aikido is about the art of self-defense, but it's not about hurting the other person, even if they are the physical attacker, it's about destabilizing the situation, not about losing face or hurting them back or making them look or feel shame. It's about how do we deescalate or destabilize before it gets physically brutal or someone truly gets hurt. And okay. so techniques of physical keto, and they practice this on the dojo mat, is how do we do that was, I'm sure you've seen movies where, you know, which is overplayed in the movies, but you'll see, I remember, I don't even remember what the movie was, but you had, um, I believe it was a monk, but someone who practiced. And I believe it was a keto because there was an attacker on the subway Uh and he had a knife and he just stayed in his seated position and stayed calm uh, and centered and balanced. And so anytime that attacker verbally tried to antagonize, he wasn't going to do it. He was staying centered and focused. and then he would get curious. He would ask this guy, you know, some questions, and then the guy was not having it because he wasn't antagonizing this guy. So he mm-hmm. went to go and stab the monk, and the monk was like, very quick. you know it was just like, you know, and you're like, There there went the bullet or there went the knife and he was just so, and you see these in these movies where they're like, oh, how did they do that? And it's because they're so skilled at how they stay centered, but they destabilize the situation without necessarily hurting or shaming the other person. And that's what we're doing with a verbal Aikido is helping people stay face. Uh, It's not about embarrassing, shaming them or hurting them uh, when you're doing this.
0: Well, I love the example of that, the comparison of the physical and the verbal. The time has flown, so we've only touched the surface of all of this. But, Patty, how can people reach you and learn more about your work and talk with you about this wonderful technique?
1: Well, they can simply find uh, find my website at www.conflictconnections.com, and you can find all of my contact information there. And so you can reach out to me via email or phone. And like, again, that all that contact information is there. They can learn about me, the archives of the Texas Conflict Coach, or even about the mini books. So there's, there's all kinds of information on the website that they can look at there.
0: I will, of course, put that in the show notes and people can find out more and learn more about all sorts of work that you do. You mentioned some of it and also about this wonderful new tool that you decided to learn about. Thank you again for joining me today.
1: You're very welcome. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for listening. If you enjoy the Crafting Solutions to Conflict podcast, please tell a friend, share it, leave a rating or review. When you spread the word, more people have a chance to enjoy the show. You can also sign up for new weekly episodes on your favorite app. Whatever setting works best for you and is free. You don't need to pay to listen. You can also find the show at crafting solutions to Comments or ideas? Let me know. Until next time, I'm Jane Bettle.